0: Magic mirror on the wall, who is the fairest one of all? Famed is thy beauty, Majesty, but hold, a lovely maid I see. Rags cannot hide her gentle grace. Alas, she is more fair than thee.
1: Hey, cassettes, and welcome back to the BCD. Oh, acronym. That's us. <laughs> We're three old hags.
2: <laughs> Excuse me.
1: Learning everything we can about movies and TV and hopefully teaching you in the process. I'm Robin. I'm Marcy.
2: And I'm Adam.
1: So we've been doing our show for over three years. Well, oh my Three and a half years. Gosh. Almost four yep. years. Yep. We have almost 200 full-length episodes.
2: Holy cow! Oh are, snap!
1: Already? <laughs> yeah.
2: Are we gonna do anything special for 200? Who knows. Mm-hmm. If um, we even realize that it's coming. Yeah. Off. Even if right? it.
1: Yeah. But there's one thing that we've never done if on this show, this. and I don't know if you guys ever uh, noticed this, but we have never done an episode on one Disney movie, <gasps> like a Disney animated classic.
2: Impossible. Girl. We've talked about
1: live action ones, but like this is Disney. Right animated classic we've never we've never done an episode on like the lion king nope or little mermaid we never, yeah. we've never done done never done a big and... focus episode. yeah we did yep. a princess smackdown a long yeah. time ago oh my gosh those are yep. the days <laughs> <laughs> back then but Dude,
2: we every episode had a guest yeah yes. that was a wild time that
1: was a wild, wild time but we're doing that today so here on our show we never turned down an opportunity to talk about animation We've covered the history of the medium, the Disney exodus, the history of Studio Ghibli, Laika, Cartoon Saloon, Amblimation, and Blue Sky Studios. But today, we're going back even further. Not all the way to the beginning, but (laughs) close. (laughs) In the mid-1930s, people generally didn't take animation seriously. It was a funny little art form populated with dancing cats and other animals that stretched and bounced in strange and funny ways. Animation was known to be gag after gag. Shorts with little to no plot that could only entertain for a few minutes or so just before the quote-unquote real movie picture began. So, when Walt Disney announced that he was going to produce a full-length animated film, the rest of the film community was skeptical. Most audiences could barely sit through five minutes of singing pigs and cows, so how could these so-called cartoons keep anyone's attention for more than an hour?
2: (sighs) How indeed. I mean... I get it. <laughs> Looking at cartoons yeah. of that time, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I couldn't do an hour of this. Yeah. <laughs> I watched like a few episodes of Popeye and yeah. I'm like, I'm good.
1: There was a point where the novelty was enough. Yeah. And then once the novelty wore off, people would start like booing. they
0: mm-hmm. They'd be
1: like, start the real movie. Yeah. Or they would this is like, oh, it's time to get popcorn. Right.
0: The, right. The the
1: cartoon is still on, you know. <laughs> So, like, some of them are pretty delightful, but I can see... After a while, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Walt Disney gathered his animators together and laid out the plan. He knew the story and the characters and even had ideas for the songs. Songs? Oh, yes, songs. Not only would this project be the first American full-length animated feature film, but it would also be a musical. (gasps) And the doubters outside the studio began to refer this ambitious project as Disney's folly. Disney's animators enthusiastically jumped on board. They knew that if Walt thought it was possible, then they better find a way to make it happen.
2: <laughs> That's yep. right. I mean, they, they've got the cushiest animation job there is. <laughs> Don't screw it up.
1: Yeah, nope. some of the only animation jobs. There right, really yeah. weren't a lot of studios at this time. Yeah. The result was, of course, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the film that launched countless others. Snow White is not only one of the most important animated films ever made, it's one of the most important films in cinema history. It made an indelible mark on cinema and set a standard for animation to which films today still aspire. So get ready to sing, dance, and fall in love with Snow White and the Seven Dwarves.
2: You can't get more classic, (laughs) I think. Not only because it's... Old and it was the first one, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's just. I mean, I don't know even how to explain it other than <laughs> it's classic. You yeah. can't yeah. go wrong nope. with just throwing Snow White on.
1: I know it's like the classic oh, she's has no control over her fate whatsoever, mm-hmm. and things just happen to her, and she's the classic Disney protagonist. But
2: the character of Snow White herself yeah. is still great. Yeah, yeah, she's a know, good character. And, and that's why she's in the pantheon of Disney princesses. Yes. Oh, as yeah. we as we mentioned.
1: With that iconic dress that she wears. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, <laughs> yes.
2: Honestly, one of the better ones, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because it doesn't overdo it. Yeah. I yeah. understand like a Cinderella dress. It's like she was going to a ball at a castle. Yeah. You got to do yeah. it up big. Oh,
3: yeah.
2: But it's really nice to see one at a more modest level, that still looks wonderful. All right. Raise your (laughs) hands if you haven't seen this movie. (laughs) Better not see a single one out there. Here's a summary anyway. In a faraway kingdom, there lived a princess named Snow White and her stepmother, the Queen. The Queen was a vain woman and was terrified that one day another woman would surpass her in youth and beauty. That day came when the queen's magic mirror alerted her that Snow White, her own stepdaughter, was now the fairest in the land. Determined to destroy Snow White, the evil queen exiled her to the forest, sending a huntsman to finish her off. But after the huntsman failed the task, Snow White took shelter with seven men that lived in the forest and worked in the mines. Once the evil queen learned of Snow White's survival, She disguised herself as an old hag and offered a poisoned apple to Snow White, causing her to fall into a death-like slumber that could only be broken by true love's kiss.
1: It is a little complicated, but a lot of this is not explained in the movie. And I think that's something that I think, that you know, very classic Disney handled really well. Yeah. Having stuff that they, they didn't hold your hand. You know, they expected you to be basically be on board and like right. kind of get it, like just kind of get that the evil <laughs> queen wanted to be the most beautiful but then yeah. permanently altered her appearance to be an ugly old Horrible. hag. Yeah.
2: Cuz as long as Snow in, White is In her gone.
1: pursuit to yeah. destroy yeah. Snow White, who's literally not bothering her, who's just nope. like living her life in yep. the forest and never intends to return to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you just get it, you know? like yeah, you, They yeah. don't have to explain this.
2: Very hands-off approach. Yeah. And it's really funny reading this and how this was like the first one and how it set all these precedents. Mm-hmm. Because reading that, I'm like, well, well that's like every one ever. Yeah. That's like <laughs> yeah. all the fairy tales <laughs>
1: at the, the same time. The true love's kiss. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, the slumber. Yep. We have at least one other story like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Stay tuned for that one someday.
3: Enchanted. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Enchanted. Oh, my
1: God. <sighs>
2: now for real, actually. What a God. classic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Before we talk about the making of the movie, we're going to talk a little bit about what led up to creating Snow White. Yes. After serving the Red Cross as an ambulance driver during World War I, Walt Disney returned home and started working in the animation business. While living in Missouri, he founded his first studio, Laugh-O-Gram, where he recruited other animators, and together they created reels to be shown in theaters. Disney was inspired by Paul Terry, an animator in New York that had created spoofs of Aesop's fables. Just before Laugh-O-Gram folded, Disney began working on a series of animated fairy tales, starting with Alice in Wonderland.
2: Uh Uh-huh.
1: Nice. Nice. Disney and his animators, some of whom were still in high school, worked for six months to create their first short film. But the company went bankrupt before it could be sold. It wasn't until Disney moved to Los Angeles in 1923 that he found a buyer and signed a contract to make six more shorts just like it. He and his brother Roy founded the Disney Brother Cartoon Studio, drawing in other animators like Ub Iwerks. Who would be a longtime collaborator and responsible for many of the iconic short films produced by Disney? The Alice comedies featured a live action actress in an animated world. Although they told a classic story, they also featured current references and jokes, which made them stand out from other similar films.
2: Oh, interesting.
1: That's, yeah.
2: that's a, that seems like a very Disney thing. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's not surprising that they would do that, because I immediately think of The Genie. Yeah. Right. Who's got those different time period jokes? Even though it's supposed to be supposed this to like be, right? yeah. Middle East, long long time ago <laughs> type stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because so. yeah.
1: at this point, it's it's almost becoming you know it's not enough to just retell a story mm-hmm. that's been told over and over again. Yeah. You have to retell a story and find a way to connect with the audience that is watching it today. Yeah. And. This is like that precursor to animation. They didn't know how to animate people yet, yeah. so they were like, "We're just gonna put people in our, yeah. <laughs> in our cartoons because we we don't really know how to like make cartoons look yeah. like people." No,
2: that's one way around it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Over the next few years, the Disney brothers and their collaborators would produce cartoons for Universal Pictures. During this time, Disney famously lost the rights to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. No. Yeah. Aww but Disney and Ub Iwerks worked together to create a character that would surpass any other in popularity, Mickey Mouse. Disney registered this character with the U.S. Patent Office, and the company has owned the rights ever since.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. In
1: 1928, the studio released Steamboat Willie, the first short film featuring Mickey. It was also groundbreaking for its use of synchronized sound, which meant that the music and sound effects matched the action on screen. So ah. this was not the first time it, we are seeing a talkie, but this was the first time that an animated film, mm-hmm. it does have music and sound effects that match what's happening. Right.
2: Mm. Yeah, because there, there was a lot of films that had just music yeah. at the same time, or maybe some sounds, Yeah, like. but not like this.
1: Yeah, in the 20s, I think one year earlier, the first talkie came out before mm. this. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm sound was still brand new. Mm-hmm. Audiences loved Mickey Mouse but still grew tired of the silly and repetitive nature of cartoons. No one ever thought that an audience would sit through an hour of animation without becoming bored and restless. In 1929, composer Carl Stalling suggested that Disney produce cartoons that didn't center on the action of one character, but instead on musical themes. These became known as silly symphonies starting with The Skeleton Dance in 1929. Oh, oh The Skeleton love it. Dance. Yeah. <laughs> that's, so good. That's Ub. Ub Iwerks did that one. Nice. Aww. These short films were the perfect practice for Disney's animators as they prepared to eventually pull off The Impossible, a full-length animated feature film. One of the most famous silly symphonies was The Three Little Pigs. It was the first time that the public realized that animation could have a deeper meaning and impact. It came at the perfect time in 1933 when everyone was dealing with the prospect of Nazi invasion. Mm. So this was the first time that people went to the theater, saw a cartoon that actually kind of mirrored what was happening to them and their fears. Mm -hmm. And so it was the first time people were like, oh, ah uh, not just uh this made me feel things yeah (laughs) usually it's like oh how sweet oh how funny oh how cute it's like "Mm." now i have emotions tied to this yeah yeah in 1934 walt disney already had four oscars under his belt he gathered his collaborators together for a special meeting where he announced that he had decided to produce a full-length film he laid out the story of snow white acting out the characters and giving them an idea of how the songs would sound. Although they knew it would be a huge challenge, the animators did not doubt that they could pull it off. Walt's enthusiasm convinced any doubters in the room that anything was possible. So the team began working on Snow White and the Seven Dwarves.
2: To be a a fly on the wall in that (laughs) meeting. Yeah. Right? Everybody in the room except for Walt starts out like, uh... Uh... Yeah. No, you can't be serious, <laughs> Full, Full yeah. feature length, you're saying.
1: Yeah, everybody. Like, Come
2: on, magic, <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> and I think it was just the enthusiasm. Yeah. yeah. And just like he acted out the scenes mm-hmm. and he already had like yeah. full ideas and everything ready.
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah. they'd already gotten that far. Like, yeah, you know. they were
1: like, all right, maybe we can do all this. Yeah. I think it's just, yeah, just the uninhibited enthusiasm and just like the belief that they could do it that you know they were like I guess if he believes in us
2: when you're pitching an idea confidence is Mm -hmm. half of it
1: yep yeah absolutely he used to make his like writers and animators pitch things Mm. periodically (sighs) I've read I've read about how tough that was oh man I (laughs) can't imagine (laughs) especially for women scare the hell out of me Mm -hmm. yeah it was really bad
3: (laughs) Oh. oh man All right, so now it's time for one of our favorite parts, the making of. Making of. When Walt Disney and his team decided to make a full-length animated film, they knew they had to choose the perfect story. Because cartoons were not taken seriously, there was a lot of working against the production from the start. The story needed to be familiar, with a childlike appeal, and it also needed to draw in adult audiences. Talk about challenge there. Yeah.
1: They still kind of have to walk that line. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Even now.
3: Walt Disney knew early on that Snow White would be the right choice. Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was groundbreaking in many ways. However, the idea to make a film based on the story was not new, as there had been several previous Hollywood productions based on the source material, one of which premiered in 1916 and was one of the first feature films Walt Disney ever saw.
1: So there was a lot ah. of influence
3: previously. Yeah. Snow White's story is based in part on the grim fairy tale that Walt's mother would read to him as a child. But the film changed
1: much of the story.
2: Another Disney classic thing to do? <laughs> yeah. Change yep. it up.
1: I mean, I totally understand. The grim fairy tales are...
2: Pretty grim. Yeah,
1: they can be They can be pretty rough, yeah, from time to time. Yeah.
3: The final script was influenced by a children's play that also told the story of Snow White, though Disney discarded much of the moral storytelling.
1: This is what I was talking about earlier with them not holding your hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there were plays and stories at the time it was like, okay, kids, now what did we learn today? Yeah, you
2: know? yeah sailor Uh, says
1: (laughs) in the beginning
3: walt started with a small team of animators that he handled himself he kept them close to his office as they began storyboarding the film they had one very important goal to create a character the audience would see as a real person just in animation at this point most audiences saw animation as cartoons and nothing else Silly creatures and shapes with no humanity.
2: Even the human characters were very mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> <out> <laughs> not human like. I, I yeah.
2: mentioned Popeye earlier. Very
3: wiggly and yeah, yeah, they bend weird mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: <laughs> you can just think of olive oil from Popeye is <laughs> the noodliest human character I think yeah. there's ever been. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> So the question was, how could they create real-world dangers like death and murder and have the audience take it seriously?
1: It's kind of a tall order. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, you know, in old cartoons, a character will die, and you'll just, like, see them with their little wings as they fly to heaven or yeah. something, yes. you know? Yes, they get hit on the head, and it's birdies
3: they, or whatever.
2: Yeah. They, they fall over and immediately have a flower in their hand. Oh, yeah. Yes. Exactly,
1: exactly. So it's, like... You never have that element of real danger, like, Mm -hmm. watching these old cartoons. You're not connected to the characters and worried about them.
3: Yeah. For example, they spent months planning the scene where the huntsman attempts to kill Snow White. They considered how long he should be on screen, how many cuts they wanted, when exactly he should drop the knife, and what causes his change of heart.
1: Yeah, yeah it's a the lot. S- the scene couldn't be too scary, Mm-mm. you know, but there needed to be enough danger for the audience to be concerned about the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I can't. I can't do it. Forgive me.
3: I beg of your highness. Forgive me. I don't understand. At one point during the storyboard process, they were planning the scene where Snow White falls through the forest. One of the animators called out in concern, wondering if the fall would kill her. It was then that they realized that they believed in Snow White and cared about her well-being. Aww.
2: Oh, It's the, the, the switch flips. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They said, you know, and then she falls through mm-hmm. this foliage. And he mm-hmm. was like, wouldn't a fall like that kill her? and everybody was like she's a cartoon character you know yeah. and so yeah. it made them realize like oh okay, this is working we can actually if we care about the, the yeah. characters if we believe they're real yeah and that's partly why disney was so aggressive about making mm-hmm. people believe that his princesses were real people yeah. yeah because he liked the idea of people actually being concerned about his characters mm-hmm. and and thinking that they were real especially children yeah yeah i think
3: Snow White had a really big advantage of just being so sweet that it's like you mm-hmm. just you don't want anything yeah. to happen to her because she's just too sweet. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, she's immediately likable. Yeah. But not in that you want to take care of her necessarily because yeah. she's not childish. Yeah. But she is a little bit
1: she's vulnerable. She's
2: vulnerable. She's yeah. a little seems a little bit fragile. Yeah. You know? And and that is relatable to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, yeah. I, I mean, anyone put in a situation like Snow White would struggle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure
1: it's tough. You know, it's tough being exiled to the woods and then yeah. trying someone tries to murder and you. Hunted down, yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's, yeah. That's I mean, that's, that's tough. That's yeah. tough, that's tough stuff. You know, to deal with it's a lot for a Tuesday.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Snow White and the Seven Dwarves was a European fairy tale, which meant that the animation needed to have a storybook quality. Art director Albert Herter and Walt Disney consulted experts on European illustration in order to develop a style that would emulate a picture book, but also have that signature look of Disney animation.
1: But they did succeed with this. Like, you can see how it looks like a storybook.
3: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: but like, it still has like the rounded edges Mm. of Disney animation, Uh still has this like cutesy look to it. Mm Yeah. That is not the same.
2: The best example, if we keep it within Disney, if you Mm -hmm. look at the deer in Snow White versus Bambi, Mm -hmm. where in Bambi, later on down the line, they tried to do a little bit more realism. They weren't relying on the storybook look. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the difference is very clear Yeah. Yeah. how they rounded off and cartoonified, you know, Disney-fied these characters a little bit. And- It still fits both molds, right? The Disney and the storybook, because they didn't go too far. Yeah. It's not, they don't look like Mickey Mouse, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: To save money during production, the team decided not to make multiple prints of animation, but instead project it onto the wall. This way, they were sure that the animation was high quality enough for the coloring process. 150 artists traced the drawings onto cells. Disney chemists then custom mixed the colors for the film. 1500 separate shades were used to color 1 million drawings. Wow.
1: No animation had looked what? like this before.
2: Yeah, it's outstanding mm-hmm. the work done here. It's amazing.
1: It you really it doesn't look like They ran out of colors. You know what I mean? Yeah. They had a perfectly mixed color for every purpose, everything that they Uh needed, you know, and they had to have the perfect shade of yellow for the dress, Mm -hmm. you know, the perfect shade of blue. Like, they Mm -hmm. didn't, you know, they they really, yeah, they didn't skip the details. (laughs) It was very particular.
2: And, And you know what's crazy is they continue to do films in this way Yeah, You know, Pinocchio Mm -hmm. and Cinderella, things like that. But I would still argue that nothing quite looks like Snow White, right? Because doing it the first time, developing these methods, it's going to be different than you kind of having your foot in the door already and know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's an amazing task that they – or it's an amazing feat Mm -hmm. that they were able to – accomplish this at this level. It's yeah, mind-boggling.
3: In order to make Snow White look like a real woman, colorists used real rouge and other makeup on
1: her face. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: Real rouge. They had
1: the women bring in their makeup. Yeah. <laughs> Do little hey. touch-ups on her.
2: None of that fake rouge in yeah. here. No, no,
1: no, no. <laughs> yeah, they didn't just, like, use one of their colors, you know? Yeah. Like, they actually used makeup.
2: <laughs> yeah. The expensive stuff. <laughs> This is Hollywood.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There were almost as many directors as there were Seven Dwarves. David Hand was the supervising director. Perce Pierce, Ben Sharpstein, Larry Morey, Wilfred Jackson, and William Cottrell all directed individual sequences of the film. Wow. Yeah. And this is something that generally now an animated movie comes out and there's like one director. And it's the person that was kind of in charge of all the little different parts. Yeah. But usually they split the movie up into huge, these sequences. Mm-hmm. And like a team will work on just one sequence of the movie. Yeah. For weeks and weeks, sometimes months, sometimes years, depending on right the complexity of yeah. it.
2: If yeah. You, if you animated like the same team, mm-hmm. animated the movie just from start to finish, mm-hmm. yeah. it would take- five times as long
1: right yeah that's why there's so many directors because at this point (laughs) it was like they were all directing their own little parts of the movie Mm -hmm. yes
3: yeah it reminds me when we talked about studio ghibli and how Mm -hmm. they had the you know different departments that did different sections of the film but then one major you know he got to say like hey you know what this doesn't quite match up like yeah stop you're, you know, you know, you're making it look great, but you're
1: making it look too great. It has yes. to match the other yeah. part. These other guys aren't like working yes. as hard yeah. as yeah. you. Exactly. So. Yes. Sometimes you can pick it out, especially in older animation mm-hmm. or made for TV animation. Yeah. Like Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol, for example. You'll yeah. watch one sequence. The characters all have four fingers, but in another, I'll yeah. st- have, yeah. But then another sequence they'll all have five. And it's because they had different animators doing different yeah. parts of the special. And then when it put together, you know, the animation looks similar enough yeah. that it seems cohesive, but there's still little details that are different. <laughs> During the production of Snow White, the multi plane camera became ready for use. Several scenes were scrapped and reshot using the camera. Wow. I bet that was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Boy. Yeah, they're like, "Are you kidding me? Like we already oh, He's we like, were finished that. New one technology that came out. We have to fix. Come on."
2: <laughs> oh man. It you're going to hate me for bringing up this movie again. Jurassic Park. Uh-huh.
1: Oh, snap. They were
2: going to do the stop motion. Yeah. Yep. And then the computers come along, same deal. It's yep. like, "Well, the new stuff.
1: They're yep. like, hey, if you didn't want to do this, you should have made your movie faster. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Took too long and now we yep. got new technology. Yep. A multiplane camera creates the illusion of depth in a 2D image. Different aspects of a scene were laid out on several different layers of glass. The camera was placed at the top, facing down at the images. The animators could move the different pieces of the scene separately and at different speeds, so the audience could feel like a real camera was moving through an actual landscape and not one that had been drawn. Ah,
2: This is one of my absolute favorite parts of classic Disney.
1: I really wish they could bring this back. Seriously,
2: this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I mentioned Bambi earlier. The opening of Bambi, Also uses this technique and it's one of my favorite sequences (laughs) in any of these movies.
1: It's unmistakable. When you see it, you know it's a multi-plane camera. There's Mm -hmm. nothing else that looks like it. It is like you just you're just basically gliding through the animated landscape. You see the trees like come into focus and out. You know, Mm -hmm. you you know, it's very yeah. It's just so detailed and it 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 really like it's a great effect. Mm Mm-hmm. As production continued on Snow White, Disney's animators were also producing Silly Symphony cartoons. These short films were a testing ground for ideas and techniques to be used in Snow White. For example, they experimented with dwarf and witch characters, perfected realistic portrayals of animals in nature, and attempted special effects. In The Old Mill, A Silly Symphony from 1937, animators also tested out the multi-plane camera. Ta-da. Yes. That, if you've ever seen Disney's Halloween treat (laughs) or a Disney Halloween, that is featured. The old mill is the Silly Symphony with the birdies and the mill.
3: Yes.
1: And the, you know, there's lots of other animals too, but a big storm hits and the mill is like about to crush the little birdies in their nest.
3: Yep. And, yeah. and you I, keep like fearing for their life as the wheel like, yes keeps, I'll like, tell you turning. what it's not
1: very silly okay <laughs> <laughs>
3: that gives you a heart attack it's
1: beautiful though but yeah. God it's so and I the, love it yeah
3: the music and it is
1: just like yeah. oh perfection it's, it's really nice in order to make the characters' movements seem as fluid and lifelike as possible, the animators brought in several people to act as models. They trained models to perform pantomime having them create exaggerated movements for the animators to emulate because you know acting is like living but like times 10 yep you know you need to right. like you need to yeah <laughs> really you know play it up yeah.
2: right if they were just filming in live action just like normal it's too subtle yep.
1: it's the difference between a film and a play you right. see somebody oh, on yes. stage they have to be all there mm-hmm. exaggerating yeah. the whole time enunciating their words <laughs> yep exaggerating their movements because there are people 15 rows back that need to be able to see what they're doing exactly yep you know but in a movie you've got a camera and everybody in the audience has basically the same perspective Mm -hmm. they filmed hours of reference footage including a 17 year old girl in a dancing school they used rotoscoping to study and capture her movements so you know uh uh-huh. You know what we're talking Aww. about. The yeah, part where Snow White's dancing that they reused in Robin Hood. Yeah. We see it's fine. We <laughs> see that all the time. Yes, yes. Yeah. If you're interested in learning about rotoscoping, you can listen to our history of animation episode. Yes. We talk about it there. It's a cool technique.
2: Yes, very cool. Yes. Lots of old Disney movies use it.
1: It took a lot of work to find the right designs for each character. The depiction of the human characters was the most difficult part of character design. Animators struggled to create characters that looked like humans while maintaining a certain style. The prince was especially challenging. He was originally meant to be a major character, but almost all of his scenes were scrapped. He was even supposed to have an Arrow Flynn-esque escape after being trapped by the evil queen.
2: Oh, man. What a crazy... What a different movie.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) In this movie, if you watch it, especially if you're going to watch it for the first time, the prince feels very random. Mm -hmm. He kind of appears at the beginning. He's there when he first meets Snow White, and then he's gone. He disappears for the rest of the movie Mm -hmm. and then just kind of shows up at the end to kiss her and make her wake up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: He's a manic pixie dream boy.
1: Ah. Yeah, he is. He truly is. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's kind of understandable because in the scenes that he is in mm-hmm. he doesn't look quite right still yeah
1: he doesn't yeah. if you look carefully yep. you can see they really struggled with yeah
2: him. his face is just like i don't know it doesn't have the same quality as snow white yeah, yeah. in that it's almost like Almost like the, the drawing underneath was of a more realistic face, but then they still used the same paint mm-hmm. technique on top of it, yeah. so it didn't quite match.
1: Yeah. The early characters looked cartoonish, like Silly Symphonies. Snow White was especially a problem. She looked like Betty Boop and Zazu Pitts mixed together. Ugh. If you guys remember from our Pitts and... Todd, Todd episode. episode. Dazu Pitts was a comedian of the time. Yes. Betty Boop also being a cartoon character. Yeah.
2: Here's the thing, I think that drawing of Snow White would be a like great sticker or like tattoo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I like. Yeah. I kind of love that. Yeah. Honestly.
1: Janet Gaynor from the 1937 version of A Star is Born was an inspiration for Snow White's mannerisms and vocal patterns. And we could see that too. We watched that movie a couple of years ago. Yeah, we did. And it's actually a really good movie. I I actually do recommend it.
2: Surprisingly enjoyed it. (laughs) Not that I thought I was going to hate it, but I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Walt put his animators back in school. During the day, they would animate, and at night, they would go to live drawing classes to examine and learn about drawing movement. He wanted the characters to all have their own personalities. The animators analyzed every nuance of human movement, and they loved it. They were stoked. Everyone was passionate about the work because it was so exciting and new. Yeah. They knew they were at the precipice of something really (laughs) special. And important. And they were just happy to be there.
2: That's, yeah, that's cool. I wish I could uh, do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because you know that when it's new and you know it's going to be big, you can't help but get excited.
1: Some characters were much more stylized, like the dwarves, while the evil queen was one of the most realistic looking characters in the film. The dwarves were meant to be the comic relief of the movie. Animators were given a $5 bonus for coming up with a good physical joke to put in the film. This equates to about $102 in 2022. Dang. It's interesting, the, the dwarf characters, because the, it's like the farther away they get from someone who's serious and scary and, and a villain, yeah. the more cartoony the characters are. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. dwarves are the most stylized The original designs for the Evil Queen showed her to be frumpy and old. But suddenly, her designs changed and she became beautiful, yet cold. A movie came out around this time called She. It featured a character that looked very similar to the Evil Queen, and even though there's no evidence that Disney used her likeness for this character. Say what you want. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They, they, They used her likeness for this. It's... It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> they look very similar. Walt was ruthless about cutting fat from the movie. Any scene or moment that didn't add to the story or character development was cut. He did this pretty much right up until the release of the film.:
2: Now we're going to talk a little bit about the music in Someday. this movie. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> Snow White relied heavily on its sound effects and music in order to tell a complete story. Jimmy McDonald led the sound effects team as they used old techniques like an old wallet to simulate the sound of footsteps.
1: Yeah. Which is amazing.
2: Uh. These techniques are so fun. The songs for Snow White were written by Frank Churchill and Larry Morey with P.J. Smith and Lee Harline composing the score.
1: These were guys that wrote the songs and scores for a lot of the early Disney movies. Yeah,
2: yeah. Walt wanted to get like top people on the job. Yeah. Walt Disney was insistent that the quality of the music match that of the animation, and that the songs be singable, have memorable lyrics, and use melodies that would resonate with audiences for years.
1: I mean, there's really not a lot of songs in this, but I think it's true of a couple of them.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know? You could just picture the commercials... (laughs) At the beginning of old Disney VHSs and that they're advertising the sing-along tapes. Yeah. yeah. Hi-ho was always in there. Oh, yeah. So it's clear that they succeeded to the point where this was the first movie to release a vinyl album soundtrack for people to buy and listen to.
1: Yeah. That's a huge deal. That's a really big deal. Yeah. You can now take the music home and play it in your living room. Mm.
2: Snow White was an early film musical and it was important that the songs didn't take anything away from the story. As characters sang, Walt liked to cut to other characters and stories, so that the film would not simply pause for a musical number.
1: I think that one really big criticism of a lot of Hollywood musicals mm-hmm. is that yep. when a song comes on, the story kind of pauses, yep. and people sing the song. are like, it's so unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. So, And a lot of older ones did that. And there's nothing
2: yeah. really wrong with that. No. It, it's, uh-uh. it has its place. But it's important to maintain the plot as you do this, mm-hmm. and you know you end up somewhere different from when you began the song. Yeah. Right? Whether the character has changed or the scene has literally changed, yeah, yeah. that it's important to do that because then you're actually moving along while the song is happening.
1: Exactly. And you have to remember that one of his biggest concerns was the attention span of the audience. Mm-hmm. yeah So he was like, we cannot have long musical numbers when already people are going to get tired of animation. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: The songs in the film went through various changes in production. Someday My Prince Will Come was supposed to have a dream sequence, but Disney felt it was more important to show the dwarves and their reactions to the story instead. The scene was scrapped for this reason, and also because the animators just could not figure out how to draw the prince.
1: Mm, they really, it really, it was a big problem. Yeah. <laughs>
2: The combination of animation, storytelling, songs, and musical score elevated Snow White beyond anything that had come before and proved that animation could not only work in a full-length format but could also be profitable. It would become the blueprint from which all future musical animated Disney movies would be based. Yeah. The attention span of the audience does not change just because, oh, they saw Snow White, Mm -hmm. they know animation works. That doesn't mean they're going to assume it will always work forever, yeah, so you still have to keep that stuff in mind that's why going forward they they all of these techniques are still important you can't right. just forget about them
3: yeah, all right, so we'll talk a little bit about the actors now all um, right. for the leading role, Disney wanted an actor that didn't have a normal everyday voice. he had a little boy that would search for voices and bring them in that's an interesting I, little that's job. really
1: interesting wow, like a little yeah. Just kid yeah.
2: on the street yeah just like had talk like a, to me.
1: Had like a little scout that would go out <laughs> wow. and look for people. Just, just go. That'd be yeah. kind of a fun job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to get paid for that. You yeah. Know?
3: Walt didn't want to see the person singing, so he had a speaker rigged up in his office. The people would audition into a microphone without knowing that Walt was listening. When they brought in a fourteen year old girl to sing, Walt thought that she was perfect, except for the fact that she sounded too mature. <laughs> At fourteen, yeah, wow, that happened to be Diana Durbin, who was actually about to become famous for
1: her singing. Yeah, she would become a celebrity right after that. Wow, <laughs> oh
2: man, just I think I, it's probably a good thing they didn't tell uh, anyone that Walt was listening. Yeah, yeah, because the nerves would go through the roof. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure they already were like, nervous. Oh, by
1: the way, you know,
2: yeah, the Walt Disney is yeah.
1: Listening. <laughs> listening.
3: Eventually, Adriana Casagliotti earned the role. She was 18 at the time and came from an opera family. Casagliotti didn't act in many films, but you can hear her voice for a second in MGM's The Wizard of Oz during the Tin Man song. Yeah. Uh She
1: says, wherefore at thou, Romeo? In the song. Yeah. (laughs) yeah! Wow. Yeah, she wasn't in much, and there's been a lot no. of stories and a lot of yeah speculation and a lot of, I mean, oh people are s- straight up, you know, yep. saying that Disney kind of blacklisted her after this movie yeah. and made it so she couldn't really be in a lot of stuff because he didn't want people to hear the voice of Snow White yep. and other things. So, yeah, that that is a common Hollywood story that I have heard many, many times over the years. Oh, yeah. So, but she did a wonderful job as Snow White. Mm -hmm.
3: The voice of the prince was Harry Stockwell, who was the father of Dean Stockwell. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Lucille Laverne played the evil queen and the hag, and they were worried her voice was too low. However, when asked about how she got the best cackle and voice for the hag, she stated that she just took out her
1: teeth. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's so cute. (laughs) My (laughs) voice.
3: A perfect disguise. (laughs) And this was her final film.
2: Aww.
1: I think her voice was perfect for the yes, queen. Yes, absolutely. I think the queen having a low voice, I think a lot of really powerful women yeah. have low voices. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They kind of have that like straight posture. Yeah. And they're like, what are you doing here? Yeah. You know, they, they have this very. They just mm-hmm. command attention. Yes, yeah. yes. I think having the low voice is like. Makes her very intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, it
2: works from the very beginning. Yeah, mirror, mirror on the wall. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. it's just it, like it, whoa. Yeah, it gives her that whoa. sense of authority.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you just you listen to her, and you're kind of afraid of her, but you like also love her. <laughs> yeah, right? you know what I mean. You have, right. you're just enamored with like the how how she commands attention like, and respect. Whoa. And it's, yeah, yeah, very old Hollywood. Like you could see. You could see different actresses do this in lots of movies in the forties. Oh yeah. So we're going to talk about the reception of this movie. Oh, oh, yes. What? Obviously, it was everyone, terrible. Yeah, right? everyone hated it and it was completely forgotten and uh, nobody remembers yeah. this movie at all.
2: And it really was Disney's folly. It truly
1: was. <laughs> the movie was initially budgeted at two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, but due to various delays, it grew to one point five million. Disney even had to mortgage his home to finance the production.
0: Ugh, oh, jeez.
1: The studio worked around the clock, and they were out of money. They had all their money wrapped up in Snow White. Joe Rosenberg, who was Bank of America's lender to the film industry in general, said, it's going to be a smash hit. What do you need?
3: Oh. Man, that's cool to have yeah. somebody behind yeah, it at least like that. Disney,
1: Disney was able to come and appeal to him <laughs> and be like, uh, I'm making this movie. Yeah. You know, and please, please, could you fund it? And he was <laughs> like, oh, this is going to be a hit. Yeah. This. So it was really good that he had at least one person believe in it that yeah. had a lot of money. Yes. Yeah. Thank goodness. In his corner. Yes. You know, yeah,
2: because you run into the wrong person. He's like, ah, animation's for kids. It's about five yeah. minutes.
1: It's actually crazy to think how close they were to probably not making this movie. <laughs> yeah. Because they did run out of money and they were done. Like, and they <laughs> were not done with production, but they were done money wise. Yeah. Money-wise. Were, yeah. So if Joe Rosenberg had not stepped in and blended that money. The mm-hmm. movie wouldn't exist. It's important to note that when Walt Disney first announced that he was making a full-length cartoon, many people laughed at him. They jokingly called the movie Disney's Folly, just like we talked about earlier. In fact, many came to the premiere just to witness his failure.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah. a ticket is a ticket, pal. I know, right? <laughs> so you're helping this movie not be yeah. a Folly. Yeah. He
1: had to know. He was like, either this is going to be a groundbreaking movie that like, will change animation forever, yep. or it's going to be one hell of a publicity stunt. <laughs> yeah. People are at least going to pay to see it either yeah, way. Yeah. Yep. Snow White premiered on December 21st, 1937. The film received a standing ovation from the audience. Six days later, Walt Disney and the Seven Dwarves appeared on the cover of Time magazine. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, it was a major box office success, earning upwards of $7.8 million in the United States and Canada during its initial release, becoming the most successful sound film of all time for two years. Wow. Guess what surpassed it? (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Gone with the wind, actually. Yes, Mm -hmm.
2: but that's... An incredible yeah. amount of money in 1937. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, we talked about oh, yeah. how five bucks is 102 <laughs> is 100. dollars. Yeah, yeah, 7.8 million. Mm-hmm.
1: It's That's... a lot. It's a lot of money. And you, honestly, if you factor for inflation, yeah. like this is still one of the highest-grossing movies of yeah. all time. Yeah. Six months after the film's release, the studio was able to pay back all its debts and begin funding more projects.
2: Nice.:
1: So from the brink of bankruptcy,: they... <laughs> Yes. The film was also a massive critical success, with many reviewers calling it a genuine work of art, recommended for both children and adults. Frank S. Nugent of The New York Times felt that, "Mr. Disney and his technical crew have outdone themselves. The picture more than matches expectations. It is a classic. Nothing quite like it has been done before and already we have gone impolite enough to clamor for an encore. The film was nominated for Best Musical Score. It was also added to the United States National Film Registry in 1989, and is ranked in the American Film Institute's list of the 100 Greatest American Films. Wow. In 1994, the film was released for the first time on home video as the first release in Walt Disney Masterpiece Collection. By 1995, the film had sold 24 million home video units and grossed $430 million. I owned one of those VHSs. Oh, wow, my gosh. I remember, yeah. yes. Yeah. I remember getting it for Christmas. I, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and then it was put in the vault. No, yes. <laughs> I yes. Right? It probably was. I don't know how long. A
2: great but... business idea. Terrible yeah. consumer yeah. practice. <laughs> yeah. The vault. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, God. God, I hate the stupid vault. <laughs> Snow White was so beloved that it eventually caused Disney some trouble. After several years, he ended up hating the movie because every time he made another film, people would compare it to Snow White and tell him that it wasn't as good. Wow.
0: Look,
2: man. Whatever.
1: (laughs) I mean when you peak early. No, I'm just kidding. I do not think that Snow White was even the best movie that Disney made, like, while he was alive. Yeah.
2: The golden age of Disney. Yeah.
1: But I do think it's I mean, it's definitely a groundbreaking movie and it's Mm -hmm. incredibly important. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that it's better than Pinocchio. I wouldn't say it's better than Fantasia. You know? (laughs) Sleeping beauty.
2: It's why whenever you talk to, you know, the Millions of Disney fans out there. Yeah. When you ask them what their favorite is, yeah. You're gonna get a lot of different
1: answers. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, you know? oh, Sword in the Stone. Yeah. It's like that. I think that's awesome. my dad's favorite, A Sword in the Stone. Oh, nice. Oh. So, like, I, I, I think it's interesting. My mom's favorite was Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. And yeah, There's a little something for everybody. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah.
2: Choose your own. Props to uh, Sleeping Beauty, though. They were able to draw the prince.
3: Yes.
1: Yeah, they learned how to draw men at that <laughs> <Yeah>. point. They <laughs> could know, not, and, they just could not draw men. Years. Just you make the
2: eyes bigger. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I agree. So Adam said something before we were recording about how the dwarves are really more like gnomes. Yes. In yes. Snow White, and I agree with that. They should have been the seven gnomes. Oh. Yes. Yeah, because they're more like they got the pointy yeah, the hats. hats are very, they have
2: the hats. Yeah. They don't point, but they're yeah. clearly no. a triangle that they just droop. Yeah. They have, a lot of them have the beards that just go under the chin. They don't mm-hmm. have the mustache. Yeah. They're gnomes, yeah. people. Yeah. Sorry. Come on. So that could be our first fun fact. Why not? Yeah. yeah they're really they gnomes. gnomes. It's Snow White and the seven gnomes. <laughs> yes. But we've got more fun facts for you right now. This was the first movie that had merchandise ready to buy the day the movie was released.
1: Oh, Disney really believed in this. Yeah, he got ahead of it. <laughs> he really did. I mean, he's—I Th- cannot imagine making toys yeah. and right? not thinking it'd be a success. Right?
2: What a what a risk that is. Yeah, especially if they were already running out of money. Yeah, imagine <laughs> if the movie flopped. Yeah, they. Lose all the money on the toys and yes, everything. Everything. Ugh.
3: That's why he kept cutting. He was like, This has to be perfect. Yes, this has to be perfect. It has to be
2: perfect. Dude, just imagine the sleepless nights about, yeah. like coming up <laughs> to release day. At the 11th Academy Awards, the film won an Academy Honorary Award for Walt Disney for significant screen innovation. Disney received a full size Oscar statuette and seven miniature ones. Oh. <laughs> presented to him by the ten year old child actress Shirley Temple. There were many names considered for the dwarves during production, including <laughs> Blabby, Busy, Crabby, Daffy, Deefy, Dirty, Dumpy, Flabby, Gabby, Gaspy, <laughs> Gloomy, Hotzy, Lazy, <laughs> well, <hot's> Nifty, <laughs> Scrappy, Shifty, Snoopy, Stubby, Thrifty, and Wheezy. Wow.
1: Oh, my. What a collection. <sighs> there's so a, a lot of names there. I don't know what Deefy is, but know, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah,
2: there's some weird ones I'm glad for they sure. didn't go with that
1: one. <laughs> I don't know what that, what that could possibly mean. No idea. Mm-hmm.
2: And actually, they were worried that the word Dopey was too modern. <laughs> but it turned out that Shakespeare used the word. Dopey didn't talk, not because he couldn't, but because they couldn't find the right voice actor for him. The official canon is that he just simply never tried to speak, so he didn't. That's ah. it. And if you remember back to what we were talking about how they were trying to figure out this balance between making the movie seem you know real and and yeah, scary at some points when it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Well, the movie was deemed too scary in England. <laughs> So children under 16 had to be accompanied by an adult. Aww.
1: you imagine ha- having to be 16 to see this movie? Right? Oh um, I think that the death scene of the evil queen in this is pretty brutal, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. It Absolutely. is a pretty brutal ending yeah. to the movie. So I guess I could see it mm-hmm. you know? for
2: sure, and and the part of Snow White running through the forest before, yeah, the, even before the huntsman is involved. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, you kind of feel sense. the terror that she's experiencing. Yeah. Adriana Caselotti, who played Snow White, ended up building a home that was inspired by the cottage in the film, complete with a wishing well out front. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. That's Thank very you. cool. Aww. Oh. Talk about the ultimate movie prop. Yes. yes.
1: Yeah. I wonder if her prince ever came. Oh, Aww. I hope so.
2: <laughs> Originally, there were 25 songs written for this movie. But only eight were used.
1: I can't even think wow. of all eight songs in this movie. Yeah. Like it's, right. No, like, yeah,
3: maybe two or three. <laughs> yeah,
1: could right. think yeah. of like two or three. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. There, yeah. there are
2: definitely many ones in there, and that's how you yeah. squeeze, in, squeeze eight in eight of yeah. them. But mm-hmm. yeah, imagine twenty-five. No oh way. This would be an opera. Oh, there'd be man. no, there'd be yeah. no there'd be yeah, singing, yeah, we'd sing everything,
3: time. yeah, literally.
2: At the time Disney was not able to publish their own music, so publishing rights went to Born Co Music Publishers. Nowadays Disney does publish their own music and has reacquired the rights to many of their films except for Snow White. That's hilarious.
1: <laughs> I they must work with them still though because yeah. they do have the songs in a lot of their CDs. Yes, yeah. yes
2: absolutely, but they just will not let yeah. it go. Yeah,
1: that's
3: that's
2: hilarious. It's amazing. <laughs> he
3: learned from Oswald the Rabbit on animation, uh-huh. so the animation,
2: but he did not music. learn
3: the. Mi- he must have learned the music after that first one as well. <laughs>
1: <That's> true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because
2: yeah, Pinocchio and everything right after, yeah, he was it's able not to the get same it. problem.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's actually interesting because Pinocchio being their number two movie. You know, When You Wish Upon a Star being the Disney Anthem. I mean. Yeah, right? that's Nothing true. from Snow White. You know what? Yep.
2: I, that is funny how that worked out. Yeah. Wow. So
1: it's like, you know. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. <gasps> wow. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny that it came from the second one.
3: And they say sequels aren't very good. No. <laughs> Oh, yeah. This was
1: Disney Movie 1 and yeah, Pinocchio uh, was Disney Movie sequel and yeah. then the rest were the, Disney, Disney Movie you know, sequel yeah. again. Did, was, did there, sense?
2: was there a straight to VHS Snow White sequel?
1: Oh my gosh, I don't oh, think so. I don't know if there I was. So I I feel like it's relatively untouched. Yeah. yeah. Snow White is a relatively untouched movie in terms of like uh, alternate animation mm-hmm. and having straight to VHS sequels or straight to DVD yeah. or straight to streaming. <laughs> Because it's not a property that's very popular. But they are talking about doing a live action Mm -hmm. Snow White, which I know some people are very upset about because of... Having the dwarves, you know, it's not cool, it's just, right? Yeah. yeah, it's not cool. You know, we don't need right. we don't need to like have a funny dwarf yeah. thing the, going on again. Yeah,
2: you would have to you you would have to change those characters. Yeah, because yes. having the dwarves in the movie is not the problem; it's the yeah. way they're depicted. Yeah, and if they are not depicted in cartoon form, it might be seen as.
1: Yeah, there. I mean, I know that Peter Dinklage really voiced his not opinion against the bad. movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's
3: been very vocal throughout his career about
1: not yeah. taking roles like
3: that precisely for the this right. kind of reason. Right, but change like,
2: the outlook or the, the yeah. perception people have.
3: We instead recommend uh, the movie Sidney White. Yes, please
1: watch Sydney White. <laughs> yeah, with Amanda Bynes and her seven dorks. <laughs>
2: so. Oh boy.
1: Do we have any final thoughts on Snow White?
2: You know, mm. I mentioned at the very beginning that this is like the ultimate classic when it comes yeah. to Disney animation. Iconic. I mean, it is iconic. Yeah. The, the songs are iconic. It changed the game in animation. And honestly, the company that is Disney owes its thanks
1: <laughs> yeah. to oh, this yeah.
2: movie because it would have it would have gone under. Mm-hmm. The Disney Brothers Incorporated or whatever would be gone. And who knows? It may have come back in some way. Walt may have done something else. But the timeline that we live in now is thanks to Snow White. And we have all of these wonderful classic animation movies thanks to Snow White. And not only that, but it's on its own stands up with those movies, right? You get better as you go. And, you know, the animation gets better and more refined and, and... you know, bigger music, bigger, you know, better stories, whatever. But Snow White still stands up along with those. Mm -hmm. It holds up incredibly well. It's beautifully animated. The music is great. The score, besides the songs, the score is fantastic. Yeah. And it it stands the test of time, and I think it always will.
1: At this time, nobody thought animation was a legitimate medium for making films. And, you know, if anybody was going to show audiences that it could be, it had to be somebody with the means, with the, you know, sh- sheer, like, workforce of people and the experience and the talent that somebody, somebody like Walt Disney, like it really yeah. had to be him or someone very similar Yeah, to do this.
2: And the passion. To
1: yeah, you. to have the yeah. ambition and the passion to make this happen. Because otherwise, I mean, certainly other people had thought about this. Oh, yeah. So he seized the opportunity and made a movie that really did change film forever. Yeah. Started an empire. Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: Whether you love him or hate him. Yep. Exactly.
1: Snow White and the Seven Dwarves started out as an experiment and ended up as a phenomenon. There isn't an animated film today that doesn't owe some gratitude to this classic, as it blazed the trail for animated motion pictures yet to come. Before Snow White, no one believed animation to be a legitimate filmmaking medium. Back then, people showed up in waves to laugh at the concept of watching a cartoon for more than an hour. But even they were pleasantly surprised many would say that audiences still have difficulty considering animation to be a medium and not a genre of film meant for children. Even though the fight for animation to be taken seriously is still ongoing, if it weren't for this film, we wouldn't even be having that conversation today. Yep. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is a remarkable gem of classical animation. And even if you don't believe it to be the fairest of all Disney films, it certainly is the most influential. But I think that is another case closed. Woo! All right. Wow, that was our first
3: full-on Disney one, What did you think, guys? How did we do? Yeah. Did we do
1: justice? Man,
2: it's going to be a wild ride doing Disney stuff now.
1: Now that we can just do it whenever. The floodgates are open. Yeah. (laughs) We're just going to do everything, anything you can think of. Just tell us what you want us to talk about, Mm Disney-wise. Yep. Before we go, we'd like to thank our patrons, Joel, John, Jacob, Jacqueline, J.D., Anthony, Shelly, Linda, Bob, Jaron, and Brad.
2: All right. All right. We love you, thank guys, you guys so much. Thank yes. you so very much. And we hope you enjoyed the extended version of this episode.
1: Yes, we hope you did. You can now buy us a popcorn at buymeacoffee.com slash blackcasediary. Thank you all to, who support us, whether it be through listening, telling a friend, or donating.
2: Yes. Thank, yeah. you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. You're the best. You guys are the best. Please vote for us. Go on our website. Yay. Yes, please. Yes, please, please. As please, of please, recording
2: please. this, it's still open. It's still open, please. So go vote. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, bye, everybody.
2: See ya. Bye. <laughs>
0: Ha 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 ha